The Gospel reading today is found in the Gospel of Matthew. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So, Father in heaven, we pray that you would speak to us. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus, and that uh, you would speak through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, speak, because we listen. And uh, we ask once again for grace to be obedient and to apply the words of your Son, Jesus, to our life and to be ever more intentional about our discipleship. Amen. We are in the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. And since Trinity Sunday, or with which was four Sundays ago, we have been discussing discipleship and various aspects of discipleship. We started at the end of chapter 9 in Matthew, and it was in that chapter that we learned that Jesus is going throughout the Galilee. He's going from synagogue to synagogue. He is basically doing three things And uh, these three things reappear throughout the Gospel of Matthew. He is preaching the good news of the kingdom of heaven. And he is teaching and healing. And um, like the connection between teaching and healing, because I think we can all agree, can we not, that when our lives Uh, line up with the teachings of Jesus when we obey him and imitate him, right, that this certainly brings a lot of healing uh, to not only within us, but also in our relationships as well. And it's in that passage that Jesus looks upon the people of Israel. He says, there are sheep without shepherds, And he says in his compassion, pray that the Lord of the harvest, yes, will send out workers into his harvest field. And bang, immediately, chapter 10, the disciples now become apostles. And those apostles are sent out. uh, And they're sent out with a task. And their task is to bring uh, the good news of the kingdom of heaven along with healing and deliverance, uh, deliverance from the devil. There's no teaching in that passage, interestingly enough. It's only at the Great Commission, at the end of the life, when, at, uh, after the resurrection, when Jesus stands on a mountain in Galilee, 
uh, and it's only then that he says, go and make disciples. Yes, baptizing them, right, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. So the teaching it hasn't been, uh, the teaching part hasn't been, been left out. But one of the things that we noted about chapter 10 was, or the beginning of chapter 10, was basically this compassion, right, that, that Jesus has for people who are lost and without direction or under the power of the devil, yes, or are suffering physical, uh, physical illness. And that's what drives, I dare say this, the word in this country without uh, losing my visa, um, that's what drives mission, right? That's what drives sending out yes, the, the 12. It's out of compassion. And one thing we noted is that Jesus tells those apostles, go and live with the people you're going to minister to, yes? live their lives. And I have no doubt that uh, out of that uh, encounter, yes, the disciples of Jesus began to uh, develop or to uh, learn, right, the compassion that he has for, the, uh, for those who are lost, without, the sheep without shepherds. And last week, we encountered Abraham in our Old Testament reading. And at the same time, our gospel reading in chapter 10, Jesus um, starts to, uh, to teach that if we really want to be his disciple, if we want to be his student, it requires, yes, it requires all of us to focus on the essence of discipleship. And as we reminded folks, that uh, when we talk about discipleship, we're not talking about a church program, or we're not talking about a course, or something that happens on Zoom. And I think we've said more than once that all those things may be good. But what we're talking about, and what Jesus demands, is ultimately an attachment. He demands that we uh, we attach ourselves to him. And with that attachment comes comes allegiance. Our first and foremost loyalty has to be to Jesus. And there has to be a loosening of our ties to our family or to our people or to our ethnic group, to our nation, to our careers, Right. All of those things have to become secondary in our lives, and what, is, what becomes primary is this allegiance to Jesus, this attachment to Jesus. And the best example of that, thanks to the lectionary, was Abraham, or still. And uh, we read last week how Abraham had to send Ishmael into the wilderness with Hagar. Yes, Abraham also had to make that choice, that difficult, difficult choice, right? Uh, That even though he loved Ishmael, he had no choice but to ultimately obey God. 
And the life of Abraham is in many ways, yes, prefigures the life of, of a disciple, the life of one who's attached, the, one, the life of one who gives total allegiance first to Jesus. Because Abraham gives up his past, turns his back on his past, loosens his ties with his family, leaves his home, goes to a place where God shows him, yes, arrives at that place, and never fully inherits the promises that God, yes, lives in a certain tension or murkiness. And then finally, at the end, and Abraham is constantly being test, tested, uh, he doesn't always pass the test. Yes, God who asks him to give up his past, to have an uncertain present, finally asks, okay, Abraham, I want you to give up your future. Take your son. That's the reading from today's lectionary. Yes, give up your future. Right? Give up everything. Yes, be willing to give up everything for me as I instruct you. And in all of this, in the life of Abraham, all of this giving up, right, there's always something better, right? You're giving up something as painful and as difficult as it may be, but you're giving up, you're saying no to something in order to, for a, bet, for a yes, for a better yes. And in, this, in Abraham's case, yes, it's his obedience, it's his obedience and faithfulness that first and foremost brings blessing to millions and hundreds, tens of millions and maybe hundreds of millions of people. Something very significant. And secondly, we read in the book of Hebrews, it reminds us in chapter 11, that Abraham... Yes, even though he was given the land, he was given the land of Canaan, which later becomes the land of Israel, he doesn't really inherit that land. But it tells us in, in Hebrews, yes, he looked yes, forward to something that was better. He looked forward to a city whose, built, whose founder and whose builder was God. And in the case of, which is, by the way, a very difficult passage to speak on and we don't mean to just to shove it under the rug but theologians and Bible scholars have been trying to unpack Genesis 22 for probably about 3,000 years but Hebrews tells us that even in the event and it's even hard to kind of conceive this yes of, the, of, the, of Isaac's death, right? There is resurrection, right? So there's, in obedience, yes, there was, there's always something better. And Abraham is certainly tested, and his testing, uh, we can follow in 10 chapters, his maturity and his growth and his transformation Yes, Abraham, who lies and deceives, shows favoritism, 
right? Listens to the wrong people, telling them the wrong thing. Right? There's a journey of growth and a journey of maturity. Yes, it's traditionally, Bible scholars, exegetes always say that he had ten tests and he passed the last one which is Genesis 22, the binding of Isaac, or what we as Christians call the sacrifice of Isaac. And when we read the demands of Jesus about picking up our cross, denying our mother, and our, um, uh, picking up our cross and following him, yes, enduring persecution, um, loosening our ties on our family, we can think, yes, discipleship, it's big. Yes, it requires, it requires sacrifice. It requires commitment. Yes, it requires allegiance. And in all, all of this, again, whether it's sacrifice or whether it's commitment first and foremost to Jesus, it's, may I remind all of us, it's not simply suffering or it's not simply a life of hardship, even though there is hardship. But the challenge for all of us is to live within a certain tension. Because as Jesus promises more often than not, that what it means to be his follower is actually difficulty, and yet at the same time, it's, uh, there's, um, there is blessing. And so may I remind you of, of Jesus after his encounter with Peter near Caesarea Philippi. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Yes, what good will it, will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son, is going, the son of Man is going to come in thank you for doing that it was a wrong verse anyway <laughs> thank you I was thinking how am I going to get out of this yeah. <laughs> how, how am I going to go I wanted to read the, the rich young uh, about the uh, the um, the rich young man or so-called, uh, the so-called rich young man who comes to Jesus. Um, so Jesus tells, says, the, um, it says, anyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake, yes, sacrifice, commitment, saying no to, to, to security or to family identity, right, or to... Uh, a sense of belonging, right, that is ultimately not eternal, yes, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal, um, will inherit eternal life. And Luke's gospel adds that not only will the disciple uh, receive and be rewarded with eternal life, but he or she will also be rewarded in this life. Yeah, so we're talking about a, a commitment. 
We're talking about embracing hardship or misunderstanding and ultimately even persecution. And at the same time, we're talking about blessing. We're talking about blessing. That summarizes the life of Abraham. It summarizes the life of a disciple. And it's all big. And it seems difficult. But in the passage that uh, John just read for us, there's a different kind of a challenge. And the challenge might seem a little small. And it might seem a little simple. Because now Jesus is just not talking about being persecuted. We're not talking about being flogged or brought before the courts. Now Jesus is talking about something as simple, perhaps, perhaps not, as giving a cup of cold water to someone. So the chapter starts off really dramatic, and you might think it ends with a whimper, but I'm not sure that it does, because in those few verses, yes, there's a, there's a number of, uh, I think, serious challenges for us. And it, these challenges might almost be as big or sometimes as hard as what uh, Jesus is telling us early in the chapter. So I'd like to just point a few of these out. And again, please be reminded that in the challenge, or in sometimes indeed we're tested by these things, there's also great blessing, right? There's great reward. And so, number one, and perhaps one that we just skim over, it's Jesus says, okay, Ken, he says, uh-huh, wherever, um, Sorry, 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives the one who sent and and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. So, all of us, all of a sudden, we're not only talking about allegiance or attachment or loyalty to Jesus. We're talking about an allegiance or an attachment, a commitment to the people of Jesus. Oh, but it's easy to love Jesus. It's just the church that's stinky. It's just those fellow Christians that are difficult. I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. Yes, I'm going to obey Jesus, but I'm certainly not going to obey any human authority, especially if they, you know, if that authority is found in that dead, you know, religion or that all that tradition stuff. Yes, we hear things like this all the time. But in actual fact what Jesus is telling us is that we can't really be his disciple. We can't be committed to him and not be committed to his people and not be committed to the church. And believe me, that's difficult. It's not, it, it is certainly not, um, it is certainly not something that's very easy. It's a challenge. In fact, it's not only a challenge, you might say that we're tested with it every day. Jesus says a little bit, a little bit, uh, yeah, 
higher up in the chapter, he says the student is not above the teacher. And uh, Jesus says that in the context of persecution. But we can also put that in the context of Jesus training the twelve or training the disciples. Yes, he has to put up with a lot of stupidity and a lot of ignorance and a lot of ego and a lot of misunderstanding. And as we've said more than once, Jesus didn't fire them. He patiently, patiently continues to model and continues to teach and continues to rebuke when necessary. Right? We're not above that. Yes, we, we can't really check out and say, I'm going to be a sort of an independent Christian. I'll show up at church every once in a while, but I'm not going to commit myself. Or I'm going to be very selective. And um, I'll speak about that in a moment. If you, yes, if we refuse to receive, right, those in the community, in the end we're rejecting Jesus and rejecting the Father, uh, Father himself. Challenging, is it not? Very challenging. I love Jesus, I just don't like lots of Christians. Yep, it's a pretty easy sentiment. It's very easy to understand. But at the same time, we don't have an option. And we certainly don't have a choice. And so the challenge is not only receiving, but Jesus goes on to say, Anyone who receives a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he is righteous receives a righteous man's reward. So here, obviously, there's hospitality or there's some kind of support, right? Emotional support, financial support. What is a, <clears throat> what's a prophet? Well, that can be certainly debatable. A righteous man, perhaps in this case, in this context, a righteous man is one who's, who's suffered persecution. And then, anyone who gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I'll tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Oh, so something is simple and as apparently as easy as giving a glass of cold water. And so here is our next challenge. The next challenge is, can we see God in the simple? Can we see him in the ordinary? Or do we have to have a ministry that changes the world? Right? Do we have to, um, you know, save every soul in Bangladesh? Or is there value in being faithful in something like a ministry of hospitality or a ministry as simple yes, as giving someone a glass of cold water? 
And I think that's the place to start. Start with the cold water. And to be faithful in small things. And the Lord will possibly promote us to something else. Or ask us to do something else. Actually, I'm not sure there's any promotion higher than giving someone a glass of cold water. Over here, and we're speaking of simple service, right, to the community. Service to those, yes, who are in the ministry of healing, or the ministry of teaching, or the ministry of preaching, yes, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. There's something I like about the Anglican tradition, at least the ordained Anglican tradition. And in that tradition, you're ordained first a deacon, and then a priest, and then perhaps you can become a bishop, and then you might even become an archbishop, and you might even become like a superstar, rock star type archbishop, you know, and be in all the social... But in our understanding, yes, the first and foremost calling is always to be a deacon, which is always to be a servant. And if we think of ourselves as any better than that, or wanting any promotion higher than that, then we're in trouble. And that doesn't go, that's not only something that we can say for those who are in ordained ministry. And say that for, certainly say it, certainly say it for every Christian. And I have to, to make a critique, but in, in much of evangelical culture, we are addicted to drama. And we're addicted to sensation. And we want to hear the story about the drug addict, you know, who was in the Mexican uh, uh, drug gang, who, you know, killed 50 people, but finally came to Jesus, etc., etc. Yes? That's the value. That's what we were attracted to. But instead, which we should be we should be challenged we should be attracted yes to faithfulness right the old mother teresa line god doesn't ask us to be successful he asks us to be faithful and it could be faithful in the smallest of things and that those that kind of ministry yes as unimportant as it may seem if it's done to the lord and if it's done to right if it's done to a disciple it's done to the Lord. Because what does Jesus tell us in Matthew 25? He says, if you go to visit a brother who's in prison, yes, you're not doing it just to the, the disciple or to the believer who's in prison. You're doing it actually to me. And Jesus didn't ask us to change the prison system. Or he didn't ask us to end world hunger. Although I think those are good things and we should do but the place where we start, right, is in what's small and what is simple. Or is that not good enough for us? Yes. And by the way, can I just mention this as a corrective? Just because someone comes and says they're a prophet doesn't mean they deserve a glass of cold water. Because there are prophets in Matthew's Gospel who are false prophets. Matthew 7, Matthew 23. Okay? There are righteous, so-called righteous people 
also in Matthew 7, who say, Lord, Lord, you know, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says they're lawless. And he says, I don't know you. Now, those are not the kind of people we should support. Okay? And we need to be discerning. We need to be wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. And we as Christians sometimes are very, very naive. Yes, we, somebody comes, I have a ministry, it's this, it's that, you know, you know, and then we end up supporting the wrong kind of person. I think a taking a, taken as a whole, Matthew's gospel would reject anything like that. And finally, Jesus talks about a reward. You know, having, getting a reward is not, wanting a reward is not a bad thing. The question is, who's going to reward us? And again, that is a challenge for us. Yes, the challenge is very often we give or we do something and we do it because we want to be noticed or we do it because we want some kind of return or there might actually be some manipulation in all of this. And I think we have to be very careful because the one who ultimately will reward us will be God himself. Yes, God is the giver of the reward. And how he does it and when he does it, yes, it's his prerogative. And we may... I think not may surely will be rewarded in the world to come. We may be it may be our children, yes, who reap our reward. It may be we may be rewarded in this life, or we may not. There is a reward. There's nothing wrong to want God's provision or God's care. Yes, but we have to be very careful. Yes, we have to, the challenge is for us not to be, to manipulate or not to put expectations on people. Well, I've given $10,000 to your ministry. Now, here's the list, A, B, C, D. Yes. If God rewards, the reward will be better. And by the way, what could be more rewarding what could be more rewarding than to know that what we're doing in the name of Jesus, yes, for the disciples and for the world at large has, has eternal significance? Look what happened to Abraham in his obedience, yes, in his ultimate obedience. But he only got to the place of ultimate obedience after going through a lot of small stuff. But in his, in his ultimate obedience, he brings blessings to all the nations of the world. And in our obedience and our faithfulness, we bring blessings as well, right, to all the nations of the world. And so, that's our challenge. It starts off big, it starts off hard, lots of testing. But it ends with something very small. And what's small here is just as rewarding as what's big.
but it's just as challenging. Just as challenging. And let's pray that the Lord will enable us to pass those small tests yes, or to, to overcome those small challenges yes, as well as the big ones. And we shouldn't in some way belittle them or think that they, they're not important. You know what? I gave up drugs. I gave up sex. I gave up rock and roll. <clears throat> I'm redeemed. And yet, I can't control my temper. And I have a problem with overeating. I, you know, I don't think it works. Reminds me of the famous story of, I think it was Gregory, Nisa. He's, um, he um, gathers all his monks together in the monastery. And, uh, according to the American version of the story, he says, you guys are amazing. You have given up so much for God to come to this place and be intercessors. You've given up your wives or your children, which I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with that, but never mind. And you've done all these things. Incredible, your sacrifice. And he says, and yet you fight over a hairbrush. You fight over a hairbrush. So let us be faithful in the small things and uh, ask for God's, uh, you might say, maturity, right? And things that don't perhaps seem so significant yes, so that uh, we can uh, be disciples, yes? And we can uh, be attached and show allegiance in the way that uh, Jesus asked us. So Father in heaven, we... We are your children, and we do need your reward. And Lord, we pray that uh, you will reward us as we do your will and seek to imitate your son, Jesus, and uh, even seek to participate uh, or to accept his invitation so that we may be um, uh, joined together with him in the most in- and you in the most intimate way. We pray that uh, you will uh, give us the grace as well as the vision, Lord, to see um, what the challenges are and empower us, Lord, to overcome. And again, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, Let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.